No one ever knows what evil lurks in the shadows, what makes its home in the void. A lone group of heroes band together to become the light in that darkness, to face the oncoming storm. I'm Drew, and I'm the Dungeon Master. I'm Jordan, and I'm playing the half-elf sorcerer, Theranor. I'm Donnie, and I'll be playing gnomish rogue, Lemmy. I'm Juju, playing a wood elf cleric named Aoife. And I'm Thomas, playing a changeling ranger named Pock. Welcome to Crit Storm. All right. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Crit Storm, where we last left our intrepid heroes. They had not only found new employees for the Ogre's Eye, they ventured back to the library to see their favorite librarian, who was not exactly happy to see them, but was still hospitable enough to offer Donnie a cup of tea. Then... Pock and Aoife went down into the depths of the sub-library, found where Pock's vision led him back to the memorial that they had found many episodes ago. And now, down below, the bones of a forgotten child have been brought up to the surface, only to hear the footsteps of someone coming closer and closer. It's been a couple weeks since we recorded last, but I think I rolled a 30 on my stealth check. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny, you are the wall. <laughs> you you are the shadow. Alec Baldwin, stand aside. Lenny is here. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> the fact that you say that does make me kind of laugh just because, you know, our the intro for the show... That whole, like, what evil lurks thing. Yeah. All I can think of is what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Only the shadow knows. Yeah. Oh, I Lenny. thought you were going to say, that's Alec Baldwin doing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, that's a good get. <laughs> well, I will say that um, the voice actor that we use for that is a good friend of mine, Jonathan Howell, who has a podcast of his own called The Minute Impossible. Shout out. Yep, where they uh, they go over the movie Mission Impossible, or all the Mission Impossible movies, one minute at a time. Yeah, Theranor is going to stealth and hide somewhere. Um, Give me a stealth. 26. Whew. Did you roll a nat 20? 25. Uh, no, I rolled a 19. Theranor actually has a higher stealth score than uh, than Lemmy. Jesus. It's plus six. Okay. So, so well, he's the rogue and I'm the mage now. <laughs> <laughs> Switch. So, Theranor, you successfully hide. <laughs> He's just, like, ducked behind something. I'm going, I know I'm, I'm, I changed forms and all, but that's just in case. I am also going to attempt to hide. Okay, so, in the last episode, at the very end, you said that you had decided to change shapes into a dwarf. Yes. A dwarf figure that you do recall. Now, in the state <laughs> of panic, is there a possibility that... A dwarf form that you recognize is Dolric. Could be, <laughs> yeah, could, exactly. could be Dolric. <laughs> it could. Yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against that. You know what? You know what? All right. Give me. 
<laughs> Give me a d20 roll for concentration. I, uh, uh, 12. Okay, I was going to say, if it was above 10, it's the form that you knew. If it was below 10, it was going to be Dolric. Okay, <laughs> so you, you revert to a form that you uh, remember and recognize. And uh, what was your stealth to try and hide? 24. Okay, so you definitely try to, you know, hide yourself uh, pretty well. What about Aoife? <laughs> what about Aoife? Aoife? What do you what do you do? Um yeah, so she's looking around as everyone quickly hides and um okay, so I guess I'll try to hide too. Alright. Oh god. You're like I don't hide. I cast sacred flame. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a four. Which makes it a what? No, I rolled a two, sorry. Four total. Oh, four total. Oh my god. Okay. Starts playing a tuba. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say like you just grabbed a sheet and threw it over yourself and stood still. She lowers the helm, the visor on her helm. <laughs> just ducks right well, in the middle know, of the room. Just well, ducks. I saw this. I, I saw this great meme that said your character doesn't know that you rolled a natural one as your stealth check. <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking of here. It's like she thinks she's doing great. Right. Well, well here's one question I have though for the DM is. Is there any um, foliage or natural phenomenon like a, a drip coming from the ceiling? Is there any kind of <laughs> drip coming from Pock? <laughs> <laughs> There's no like roots or bushes, you know, down here. There's no natural water aside from the one that is even lower uh, in the, you know, former well or pit, whatever, you know, the memorial is covering. Now, I can give you a choice. You can either try to hide at the top or kind of like in the alcove of the stairs leading to the side entrance of the library or in the desperation of quick thinking, the lid is still partially open and I can assume Pock's rope is still tied to it. You can try and hide hanging onto the rope down uh, the shaft. Okay, yeah, in a, in a panic, I think she's gonna look to that rope okay consider and uh, yeah I'll, I'll go over and i will quickly like wrap the rope around my waist and like kind of scoot down into that that gap it was a three foot gap right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think she'd fit there you kind of like just you know hunker down and uh you can brace yourself kind of against uh the other side of the of the wall the stone wall inside the opening no i'm, I'm gonna go in the opening Oh, no, no, I know, I know. Like, you're inside. Okay, it's okay. All, like, you know, putting your legs up against one side, your back up against another. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, okay. And holding onto the rope, kind of wedging yourself. And then everybody else, you see a figure start descending the stairs. And then whatever light was up above at the top of the stairs goes out. And then down into this depth, you see the librarian. And she starts peering around, looking. And then you see her also give a... <laughs> She's like wafts the air. She's a Nazgul. <laughs> Boss fight. <laughs> and then she stares straight ahead at the memorial. And she kind of squints her eyes and she notices that the stone is ajar. And she just kind of calls out, Who's here? Anybody move? Anybody say anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's me. No. Um. <laughs> No, 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 we're, no. We're in relation to like the side exit, are we? I can't remember if it's in the same area as this or somewhere else. So Lemmy is probably the closest to it. You are, you know, precariously kind of like behind a uh, big wooden crate. And then Pac has actually hidden himself behind an old painting. 
Is it connected to this room? Yes, it is. Yes, it okay. is. Remember, because you guys came down the stairs, and this is where you were. So it is It is in this room. Theranoid? Yeah, remember, this is the first thing we saw when we came to... That's Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Um, Theranor is going to use Minor Illusion to make a sound uh, behind her, like back in that other room that she kind of came through. Maybe the sound of someone bumping into something, like knocking something over. Just something that would get her to to turn around and leave. What specifically are you trying to do? Like a like a knock, a bump, a crash? Actually, that's a good question. How far away is the room behind her? So she's right up the stairs, probably like a good, you know, six, seven feet. Oh, okay. I've only got 30 foot of range on the spell. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't uh, Okay, so from her, cheating. from where you are in the distance to where she is, it's probably a good uh, 15 feet and then another like six to seven feet, as I said, like up those stairs, which you can have a good sense of a distance I a, like viewpoint of. But then again, you would have to come about to have a good eye, like a uh, uh, line of sight. Yeah, I I'm, I'm gonna. Think... I, I would think the benefit of the doubt with if that if you made the sound target the stairwell, that it would echo up. Have yeah, someone I, call out, there's a book on fire up here. Well, and I don't think it's a line of sight thing, really. Uh, it just has to be within range. Um, but I would say, like, well, the I sound mean, of. I would, as, uh, I would assume, even if it's like range, I would assume that if you're going to say, I want it to come from that direction or like somewhere over there, that you would have to have some type of line of sight. Or you should target this room and have it be a sound of a little boy saying, I'm cold. Oh, God. <laughs> How do you like that, librarian? <laughs> the tables have turned. I was just going to have, like, maybe the sound of a jar getting knocked over or something in the other room. A crash of glass is heard, typically coming from up the stairway, as you know, that's where you wanted it to, uh, to go for. And... For everyone who's kind of hiding, maybe Lemmy would probably have the only uh, good view of the librarian at this point. Her head turns, and she bolts up the stairs, and she's gone. Good job. Spry for an old lady. What are you guys doing? We're getting the F out of here. Yeah, go to the side (laughs) entrance and get out. (laughs) All right. We unceremoniously pull (laughs) Aoife back out. Just leave Aoife. (laughs) Please don't. Where'd she go? She must have got a great stealth check. She, you, you find, you find Aoife hanging, uh, kind of like wedged inside of uh, the memorial opening, the well. That is the rule. There must always be one set of bones in the memorial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a pass on that one. All right, yeah, let's let's get out of here. I don't even think we pro- do we even bother trying to put the lid back. No, you can just- if you want. No. That would probably be a little noisy. Yeah. How much? How many strength rolls can we make before she comes back? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, putting it back, not putting it back? Not no. putting it back. Okay, up the stairway would be to the side entrance. Yeah. Out that way, fix the, fix the shrubbery on the outside, make sure everything looks like it's still covered up and good to go. Do you leave the doorway as is? Do you try to lock it in some way? Well, we broke the lock, I think. You did break the lock last time. No, we didn't break well, it. I took it. Yeah. Oh, did because you? it was Sorry. broken. <laughs> I, ha- I have it in my pack. I get. I could lock it back. Do you want to lock it back? Yeah, might as well. Yeah, let's at least hang it from it. It was an interesting broken. lock, but... Okay. Also, should we go back in the library so that, you know... <laughs> from the front? Yeah. <laughs> you're still soaked. <laughs> I know you're still soaked, but I mean... And you look like a dwarf. Is she going to wonder where we disappeared off to? 
you never know. I mean, she already doesn't really trust you guys. We don't trust her. Oh, what? why would we go back in the library? Yeah, we could always say we left when she disappeared. I suppose. We don't know her nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Good tea, though. Good tea. Good poison water. <laughs> Alright, so have you guys shared your information yet? Especially you, Theron, or you just got no, some new stuff. He hasn't, because he just came down and you guys were shoving rocks everywhere. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll relay uh, that he found um, a letter tucked behind some books, something about an attack on a chapel, and that they need more servants. Uh, also, he must be praised. Um, he talked to the librarian a little, and there are no chapels in town. Uh, but there is one just outside of Talkir called the Blue Chapel, and I don't know if we should head out there and investigate a little bit, because it's the only chapel in the area. <laughs> Let's do it. She might just be sending us there to get us out of the way because she is Ossibus. Possibly. <laughs> but we can always Possibly. come back and trash her library more. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> also, the note was a, a month old. It was dated a month ago, so... Theoretically, it's already been attacked. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty interesting. Well, Pog should bathe. Yeah. I could <laughs> yeah, I'd like to swing by the tavern real quick, change clothes, take a Make quick, sure Hot Pie's uh, doing his job. Bath shower like Lemmy did. Okay, going back to the Ogre's Eye, you guys are able to clean up, get some more food if you want. You know, Dolric is, you know, kind of excited. He, he starts, like, pointing out that Mayella has started cleaning up a little bit and Rogath as you poke your head inside Wait, into the who? kitchen. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hot Pie has, <laughs> has already started cooking and you see several small uh, baked rolls already made. Actually, I think that's trademarked, so we might have to call him Warm Pastry. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Luke Warm Pie. Fritter. Balmy fritter, yes, that's balmy. Okay, balmy fritter. <laughs> that's the uh, winner. Trademark, trademark, patent pending. Fritz Stormcast, 2019. Balmy fritter. Balmy it fritter. Sounds like such a fantasy name too. <laughs> balmy fritter. I feel like it should be a gnome now. <laughs> it sounds like a gnomey name. Everybody is, uh, it's seeming to go really well at the Ogre's Eye. You know, a bit, a bit more lively. You know, nobody's running off and getting, you know, like, hit because they dropped a pan or, you know, weren't uh, attending to their duties to the expectations of a unruly husband. We really Gordon Ramsay'd this place. Like, we turned this restaurant around. <laughs> yeah, I want to taste nightmares. that <laughs> I want to taste that pastry. Well, it's, I mean, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a roll. It's not necessarily a okay. pastry just yet. Uh, but, you know, it's a it's a nice, like, uh, dinner roll. Pretty pretty tasty. I want to ask if there's, like, is there anywhere I can get this this child's body buried to have a quick rest? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're still carrying <laughs> a corpse. going to a tavern. Hey, guys, is there anywhere I can bury a kid's body? <laughs> as, you, as, as you, like, look no, over and like you a, ask a, a balmy fritter, where can I bury a dead child? Like, he no. stops kneading the dough. And he looks at you and he says, I'm sorry, sir? <laughs> Just keep cooking well. <laughs> and he's like, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, but like if there's a, a cleric sect or something that deals with, with dead bodies and can give last rites or something like that. Well, we were going to go to that chapel. We have a cleric. Well, uh, yeah. Hi. There is a, uh, I mean, there is the chapel. 
uh, you do know of that place. You could go ask other people in town. Everybody, everybody, give me a wisdom check. Ugh. Just, just roll me wisdom. Twelve plus three. That 15. twenty. Ooh, Efa yeah. <laughs> remembers that there is a crypt in your orphanage. Okay. You mean our fortress of solitude? Your fortress of solitude actually has a crypt. And, I remember this, but know, do I say it out loud? Uh, that's up to you. I rolled a nineteen, so I don't know if and I remember. You, as well. And you do remember that there were a couple of uh, a couple of graves. Yeah, we got places where we can bury several children's bodies. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 the actual sarcophagus that were in there in the crypt, some of them were, were empty. Now two of them were for Rose and Thorn. We can kill two birds with one stone. Theranor can animate those bones to clean the orphanage. <laughs> He's not a necromancer yet. Oh. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. Maybe we should save him for a little bit. Well, we can put him into storage in the crypts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we remember which one was full of scorpions? Because we probably shouldn't open that door. Centipedes. I, we, I think we wrote it on the door. I think you shut that door. Okay. Well, and I, I, I want to say we put a note on it because I remember <laughs> yes. not wanting to reopen that. <laughs> don't, don't open bugs inside. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bugs open inside. Can we just say that really quickly we swung by there and maybe had Aoife say some last rites sure. for this poor child? Sure. Should we move Rosenthorn's stuff there as well? Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Okay. Tie up the, the dead ends. I mean, loose ends. Coming back to the house and, you know, putting the bones away, even Rosenthorn in their proper places, as you're actually leaving your fortress of solitude you <laughs> do see rose and thorn and then another child with them and they look at you and they say will you come back and play no but we'll just keep bringing you childlike playmates <laughs> <laughs> well it's our house now so i assume we'll yeah. come back they do thank you for destroying the monster they're no longer going to be scared to be in their house how are the parents and you don't know where the parents are <laughs> No, I'm, I'm asking they, them. Oh, <laughs> you know, honestly, like the, the the children seem happy. They're really happy that they have a new uh, friend to play with. And if you were to look at the top of the stairwell, you see a much younger, fit, and definitely happier depiction of the barkeep's wife. And she kind of like strolls down the stairs, and she does give you kind of a smile and say. The children will be looked after. We're not paying you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not so sure we're staying in this place since the ghosts stick around. Definitely not. Well, but I mean, now you know, like, the house the house is technically looked after and everyone seems happy. So it's a happy haunted house. Yes. <laughs> I'm still not okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so are they like poltergeisty can we actually have them clean the place as well might as well employ them while they're occupying our <laughs> our fortress so instead of unseen servants they're seen servants <laughs> <laughs> at seen this point slackers. right now like the uh the the mother says that the kids will be looked after everyone seems happy well we know we like her the kids cooking. do keep the kids do keep asking you to come back and play they would love for you to come back and play Maybe Just one don't day. get close to mirrors. Lemmy gives him a really crappy juggle show for the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 12. It's passable. He drops the ball a couple of times. They all laugh and giggle. You even get a giggle out of the out of uh, Thorn, the little one holding his doll tight. My work here is done. All right, homeward to the chapel. 
going, going to, to the, the chapel. chapel. <laughs> Everyone now. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Going uh, through town, you have to bypass familiar sites, some unfamiliar sites, but you know that you actually, as it was told to you, or at least told to Theranor, that the Blue Chapel does sit on the outskirts like of the town in the hills. It is still technically considered part of Talcure. However, it is, it is not necessarily within the confines of like the city walls. All right. So you, uh, you head north. You see uh, that people are milling about on the road. Uh, not exactly a great deal of them. Uh, the first few seem to be like farmers that are kind of like bringing in goods to sell. Again, these the crops are not like lush and bright, but it is what they have. Uh, foresters are coming to town to report. There seem to be a few people who are inebriated, like walking back into town. Possibly they're just getting off work and they've had a few drinks along the road back home. Uh, up ahead, probably about a mile away, you can see that there is a big mountain on the outskirts of the surrounding area. And you know the uh, mountain to be called uh, Kordenheim. And it is looming up or the mid-afternoon mists by this point. The sun glints off the mountains, huge, you know, the, the mountaintops. And, you know, it seems like a rather refreshing sight to kind of almost counter the gloom that is surrounding the city as you get further away from it. About six miles outside of the city. The city almost kind of almost fades into almost like a gloomy kind of like fog. Like if you think of uh, the idea from the movie Priest, like this gloom kind of like surrounds the city as a whole. And you're kind of venturing into, God forbid, my God, some sunlight a little bit. It's sort of, sort of coming in through the overlay of, uh, of grayness that surrounds the city. So you continue forward across a, you know, largely empty road. The road is flanked by trees, but every step that you take, the view of the forest kind of gets a little bit bigger. And up ahead, you spot a hulking figure that is possibly about 10 feet tall. And, and coming over the next ridge, its body seems to be made up of angular metal plates that have been riveted and bolted together. Its hands are clenched into disproportionately large fists, and it bears the remnants of a blue and red paint job, though most of the paint has either split or fallen off, and sparks of orange magic flare at its joints as it strides along. As you get closer, smaller shapes cross over the ridge as well, and you see that three wagons driven by short figures, perhaps four feet tall, the metal giant pauses for the wagons to catch up and then continues forward. I would want to get off the road. Question. Ho hopefully stealth. Answer. How does Lemmy feel when sunlight touches his skin? <laughs> <laughs> you feel just fine. You don't feel anything different. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Does Theranor know what, uh, what sort of magical thing that is? No, you don't under, you don't know what this is, but you know it is big and magicy. And <laughs> magicy. Or at least, you know, you can see fire kind of or like sparks as it said like coming off of its uh come off coming oh, okay. off of its, so uh, its it, joints. It could be a mechanical thing as opposed to a, a magical. Possibly. So, as the wagons draw closer, you see that there are tiny little people riding in the wagons and sort of following on foot 
And this giant hulking figure definitely keeps ahead of them. And then always like stops and pauses and waits and then moves forward and then pauses and waits. And as it comes closer, you see that it is, it is a band of gnomes and halflings. And the wagons eventually stop just behind this massive towering figure that is before you. And it, it looks as if it is just a riveted, bolted piece of armor that is, you know, put together. And if anybody would understand uh, Theranor, you would probably have more idea of what this is, but you might know it as a shield guardian. We know how much Aoife <laughs> likes uh, animated armor. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, if the shield guardian is moving at a different speed and having to wait for them to catch up, that is a player character and the little people are NPCs in a video game moving at an annoyingly different speed <laughs> causing, causing the player to have to stop and wait every so often for them to catch up so I, know possibly, this, possibly, I know this scenario yeah. possibly so, a uh, uh, guarding quest yeah. Or escort an escort mission. mission. There yeah, you go. Mission. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> so as it as it stops in front of you guys, that at least within a couple of uh, like you know twenty to thirty feet in front of you, it stops. It puts out its arms and it waits as if it is uh, you know guarding, shielding the caravan that is coming up behind it. The wagons stop, and you see a small female gnome come out from behind the shield guardian and she waves to you and she you know greets you and says good day are you by any chance uh looking for some wares <laughs> i don't know because our dm didn't tell us how much gold we got last episode that's not important <laughs> I, I poke lemmy it's your people lemmy <laughs> tips his hat and says my lady oh god she kind of smiles back to you. She puts her hand on the shield guardian's leg, which again is just towering over her. And he, she kind of pats it and she looks up to him and says, it's okay. It's okay. And his arms come down to his side and he's more at a, like a relaxed yet still ready state. And she looks at you and says, I'm sorry. He's just protective. Don't mind him. And she says, we're on our way to Talcure. Has, has everything been well there? We haven't been in many years. There's a great tavern you're going to want to go to. <laughs> and she, and she kind of looks at you and says, like, well, I hope it's not the ogre's eye. I hate that barkeep. <laughs> it's, it's under, under new management. <laughs> oh, well, brilliant. And she said, where, where, do you, uh, where do you take yourselves today? Uh... <laughs> I'm not the party spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, and it was so much fun. Uh, but they're your people. She keeps poking him. Yeah. <clears throat> ah, we're uh, we're off to the the blue chapel. Is it is it still there? <laughs> Do you know? She kind of shrugs to herself, and she says, I, "I'm not entirely sure. We we haven't had a reason to go way up there in you know quite some time. It it must have." been at least like 15 years now. Back when we went, uh, uh, Father Pegasin was there. Hmm. Why, you uh, don't look a day over 95. You must have been a wee lass when you were there last. <laughs> she she blushes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
she explains that uh, when she went, she always knew that Father per uh, uh, Pegasus was uh, needing supplies, and he would frequently send letters out for uh, shipments to be delivered, probably about every two weeks. Hmm. So what uh, what kind of goods do you trade in then? Oh, she says that she has some uh, some wine, some fruit. Some fruit wine. <laughs> she said that there are also um, maybe a little bit. She kind of like leans leans in, you know, as close as you guys are. But uh, she's she says that we might have some weapons available as well. Ooh, I perk up. And then uh, you know, one lady kind of like pokes her head out from a window, and she says, "And we have turnip and carrot pies." Are they the third best? <laughs> she looks and she says, third? No." The best. Unacceptable. <laughs> Lady, for me, a turnip and carrot pie is a weapon. Just give me time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be interested in checking out your uh, your weapons. As would I. So the caravan basically like opens up their doors. They show you what they have. Nothing seems to be too impressive. Like it's just a set of bows. There's some swords. There is a set of uh, caltrops. There's some uh, powder that would be going to a cannon. There is actually even a small cannon. I'd like that that plus six bow of twinning, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will buy the caltrops. Okay. The D fours. Yep. Yeah, buy the D fours. Believe the caltrops are bad. <clears throat> I do want to look at the bows to see if any are superior quality to mine. Okay. So the bows themselves, they're just like normal normal longbows. Not exactly anything of uh, of any type of special quality. The caltrops, uh, Donnie, would uh, cost you about uh, two gold. Okay, I got that. And you have a you have a bag of twenty caltrops. Nice. Anything in the exceptional range by chance that you might be selling? She says that they're they've recently run out of anything that would be pretty worthy of uh, of a keen eye, which is why they've been trying to get to the nearest uh, big town, which would be Talcur from where they've been traveling to in order to uh, restock and take their traveling uh, traveling wares back on the road. So th at this at this time when you guys have been kind of like venturing around and you know walking for a little bit, it's it's almost getting to nightfall. They do offer you the uh, chance to uh, stay with them for the evening. Unless you wanted to continue on your way. That sounds okay, unless you guys want to push through. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea. We don't know what condition the chapel is in. I'd be fine with, with camping, I guess. The night falls. They decide to uh, crack open some bottles of elderberry wine. And you're just, you're treated to a grand time. Like a roaring fire, lots of songs, some of those turnip and carrot pies. <laughs> and... The shield guardian actually just basically stands watch the entire night. It uh, it doesn't necessarily go anywhere. It stands right in front of the uh, the caravan, which they've surrounded kind of like the front part of the camp with their wagons as to try and uh, block anybody from rushing in and causing any havoc. Okay. Uh, the shield guardian probably is a decent deterrent to that as well. I would <laughs> say so. <laughs> She kind of like fondles a necklace on her uh, on her neck and she looks at the shield guardian and she looks at you and she says like, we call him Knuckles. <laughs> so is there anything else you can tell us about the Blue Chapel? She remembers that, you know, with Father Pegasin, uh, that he tended to, you know, have us have a solitary life. 
He didn't enjoy having a lot of people around. He didn't want to be anywhere near the city. The Blue Chapel for a good while was the main source of a like a religious outlet for the surrounding area, or at least one that uh, stayed away from corruptible influences from the city. And I want to ask her if she knows which deity they serve. She was not entirely sure. She knows that it is one of a, 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 a like a neutral good god, but she wasn't entirely sure. It has been quite some time, and usually when she went up there, it was mainly to make deliveries, but uh, nothing that really like stuck out. She did know that anyone and everyone who was needing a burial was welcome there. It has a sizable graveyard. Oh, and here so, we wasted crypt space. Yeah. <laughs> we provided a friend to the our charges. Yeah. So he wanted to stay away from corruptible influences like the cult of Ossibus. She kind of looks at you and says, I, I suppose, whatever that is. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> You're like the person that tries to look at him and say, like, well, I don't know. I mean, anybody could have done it. Was it you admit it? <laughs> Did you say that as you pulled the sunglasses <laughs> off of your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Just one more thing. You. <laughs> Don't leave town. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Dottie. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of the night uh, basically goes un, uh, unimpeded. She tells you of her travels throughout, you know, the surrounding areas, how she kind of like got into the caravan business, you know, traveling merchants. She does also comment on how over the last, you know, couple of decades, the uh, the atmosphere of Talcur has gotten much gloomier, but she, you know, can't pass up a chance to uh, restock and, uh, you know, make her way out of the city as quickly as possible. I think you'll find it a little less gloomy now. No, oh, she seems to be very intrigued and happy about that. Yeah, let us know when we see you again. If if you too think that it seems less gloomy, <laughs> you've been gone a while. Wake up in the morning, feeling refreshed. They make some eggs, roast up some uh, some bacon, and then bid you a good day. And as they uh, they travel on their way towards Talcure. And they say that if you are in need of anything that you they couldn't uh, you couldn't find with them, uh, there is the uh, the Feldyar way station about fifteen miles up the road. Okay. As we're traveling on after those uh, turnip and carrot pies, Lemuel drop to the back and cast cloud <laughs> kill. <laughs> As you uh, you continue northwards on the road, starts to rise into hills and the proper, uh, you come to a fork in the road. One branch continues westward, away from the hills, and the other branch continues nor uh, nor northward, past a, uh, a way station that you're going to come up to. A, a signpost at the fork points to a path that says south, Talcure, west, the Elderharo, and north, the Highgate Pass. And just past the signpost, you see a fortified compound that is actually built into the top of a, uh, a flattened hill. It's roughly a... Uh, a pentagonal in shape with a massive stone walls that are angled slightly inwards. You can see guards walking back and forth on top of the walls uh, behind the square battlements. The walls of the compound seem to have been whitewashed and they almost make the entire building look as if it's been carved from a single white piece of stone. And painted over the gates is an, em an emblem 
that is uh, kind of resembling a, uh, a roaring reptilian creature with a crest of feathers and two short uh, forearms. Written over, the, uh, written over the creature in blocky runes is the, uh, the Feldyar way station. We lay siege. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Lemmy's had any more of those pies, then yeah. <laughs> just, they've already assumed the attack. Oh, I have three under my hat. <laughs> I'm locked and loaded. Didn't know I gave you extra storage space as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hat of holding. <laughs> Which way is to continue towards the? So to continue towards temple? the Blue Chapel, you would go towards the uh, the Highgate Pass, which is north. Okay. Do we need to stop at the way station for anything? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we're provisioned. It's not like we're going super far. Traveling beyond the way station, you guys you guys continue for about another 10 miles. And after leaving the way station behind you, you, uh, you take the road that leads up you know, into the hills rather than continuing uh, towards west. The sky overhead begins to darken a little bit later. And you think that it might rain, you know? but you aren't entirely sure. The road leads up and down across the rolling hills, never quite descending to the plains below and gradually working its way higher in elevation. The trees do not quite block the breathtaking view from the vantage point that you see much more of the forest to the west than you could before. There are odd brown streaks in its heart, as though some of the trees were sickened here. Abruptly and very, very surprisingly, you see... A several group of women and men appear from the sides of the road, and they have crossbows Ooh. aimed at you. And then you have a, uh, a heavily tattooed goblin come out from behind them, wearing a rather dapper, you know, kind of looking outfit. And not exactly like piratey, but a little bit more like pompadour makeup about his face. And they all just stare down at you. They uh, aim the crossbows there, and then from the mouth of the little goblin, all you hear is, Throw down your arms, and no one is hurt. How many are there again? There are a total of eight. Mm. I was hoping Theranor would throw down a hand. Be like, does that count? Well, you said throw down your arms. I don't have any arms. I just have hands. I'm sorry, my friend, but as you know, it's not wise to travel roads like this unarmed. There are bandits about. <laughs> so, he kind of chuckles and says, oh, you you don't say. That's cute. Seriously, put down your weapons or you will be killed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> Does anyone else feel like causing them bodily harm? Pretty much. I start readying sleep. Are you mm. stealing all my spells? <laughs> <laughs> We know what happens when you guys put things to sleep for me. <laughs> the listeners don't, but just know it's brutal. <laughs> All right, so no one's going to be abiding by the uh, the bandits? Before they can stop me, Theranor is going to cast Mage Armor on himself. <laughs> Once again, the little goblin tells you, If you do not, drop your weapons and fork over all your lovely, lovely money. Everyone... <laughs> we'll die. Yeah, uh, that Pock's going to draw his bow and aim down on the, the person speaking. Okay, so then I would like to uh, get everyone to roll initiative. <laughs> I'll say if that's the case, then we'll start with you. 15 for Pock. 7 for Aoife. 13 for Theranor. 19. 18. So the bandits will go second right after, uh, right after Donnie. 
And then who was uh, who was the next highest? I think it was was it Eva? It was Pock. Seven. Oh, never mind then. It was Pock then. Okay. What are you doing, Donnie? Uh, I'm casting sleep. All right. Who are you? Uh, let me get your uh, let me get your targets. You have eight of them. You have what seems to be the boss, obviously, this bandit captain. Then you have two thugs, and then three. Like minimal looking bandits, not too worrisome. Who would you like to uh, Who would you like to go and target? Well, I, I roll five d eight. Oh, that's right. That's, it, it does a. Uh, that's how many hit points of creatures. So twenty one hit points of creatures, whatever that means. So basically, you target someone with the spell, and if you roll more hit points than they have, they will fall asleep. Okay. Yeah, and it could do, I believe it's like a surrounding area. Creatures within 20 feet of a point that you choose within range are affected in ascending oh. order of their current hit points, ignoring unconscious creatures. Uh-huh. Like, what? what is the area that you would like to uh, try and target? How about the thug? I'm assuming the little guy in the robe is the, yep, the goblin. That's, that is the, uh, the bandit king. The <laughs> thug right in front of him, because I have a feeling that Pac's going to go directly for him so i'd like to take out his support okay they might be less inclined to fight if their leader's dead by the time they wake up okay how much how much uh hit points sorry did you did you Uh, roll for it yeah 21 all right so the two people in front of uh the bandit king who has identified himself as snook the reaper of the diamond ravens snook snook well at least he's talkative for now (laughs) Oh yeah, he loves talking about himself. He's monologuing as we're He's mon- going. <laughs> Get him! He's monologuing. Who shall we go for first? We Who's have. Uh, oh, sorry, it is the bandit's turn now. Sorry, because uh, Donnie decided to put two of them to sleep. Wait, his name is Snook. Yes. And the bandits, Snooky <coughs> and the bandits. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how to like possibly respond to that. Okay. So one of the bandits is going to immediately charge at Lemmy and go for an attack. Don't forget about your cloak of protection, Lemmy. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Seven. Seven is a miss. No, not possible. This one's going to run up and try to do the exact same thing to Aoife, swinging his sword at her. 13. Nope. Nope. This one runs up to Lemmy as well. 15. 15 hits exactly. Aha. And that's with your cloak? Yeah, I had a 14. Ah, you could never escape (laughs) for two points of damage. Shouldn't there be a zero after that? That seems to be the way our damage normally goes. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that got taken away from your max HP and you're almost dead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so two points of damage go on to Lemmy. And now we also have this rather brutish looking uh, thug to try and swing his mace. And he misses. So this one does not actually run up and start swinging at you guys. Rather, he sees all of his compatriots miss except for one, and he reaches into his uh, cloak, and he pulls out a vial, and then he drinks the vial. After he drinks the vial, he throws the bottle down. It smashes to the floor, smashes on the rocks, and then you see his veins, like, 
pulse and his muscles grow and he just lets out this monstrous type of roar as his body has not necessarily like doubled in size but he looks ferocious now he looks like he just like roided out ah ogre strength that's special you uh you look at snook and snook is watching his men and he just keeps yelling at them and he just says he's all like get in there kill them all and now it goes to pop Puck seeing this guy uh, roid out like this, decides to try to uh, turn the tide of battle back again and also doubles in size and becomes a large creature as or my, I activate my <laughs> primeval guardian. Actually, this what? is a guardian what does soul. What that do? Guardian soul is part of my uh, level three archetype. And I gain the ability to temporarily grow and take on the appearance of a tree-like person. Covered with leaves and bark. As a bonus action, I assume this guardian form, which lasts until I end it, and I undergo the following changes. My size becomes large, my speed goes down to five feet, my reach increases by five feet, and I gain a number of temporary hit points equal to half of my ranger level. Well, ain't that just special. So, uh, mind you, it's only like one hit point right now, but it looks impressive. (laughs) (laughs) It looks super neat. Um, and I am still going to target the main person and shoot them with my bow. Okay. You do it to it. Net 20. I don't even <laughs> know if I want to take that right now. <laughs> like, Well, you got to take it. Would you like to take uh, double the damage or shall I roll on a chart? Oh, you have cards? No, I don't have chart. Uh, I, have, I have a chart. Yeah, that's fine. Those are more fun than just double damage. They can <laughs> Remember this when you get killed. (laughs) Right? I mean, it is more fun. I want something entertaining here. I didn't actually expect to roll a nat 20, so. All right. So, uh, roll me a percentile. That is 36%. All right. So, you do double damage, and then I want you to roll a dex check, and I will also try and combat said dex check. If he misses, uh, he's knocked down. All right. So, my bow is... Jeez, it's been so long. No, just just roll like a straight. Uh, oh yeah, just do your damage yeah. and then we'll do the dex check. Uh, five plus three, so that's eight damage, which we doubled, and then so sixteen damage. Right, and then I also okay. have another ability here, and I don't think it would be doubled as well. But um, part of this is at third level. Your command of primal magic allows you to enhance your attacks with thorns. Once during each of your turns, you can deal an additional 1d6 of piercing damage to a creature you hit with a weapon attack. Yeah, why wouldn't that apply? Okay, so that's another three damage there. So okay, eight. so, so uh, six more damage on top of that. Right, and then you want okay. me to roll a dex check, you said? Yeah, roll a dex check, and we'll see if he, uh, if he fails it, he is knocked prone. Okay, 13. He is knocked prone to the ground. Okay. All right. Well, kudos to Punk with his first nat 20 of the game, <laughs> dealing double damage Yay. and knocking that guy on his ass. I did tell him he was going to be first. I mean. All right. I believe, Theranor, you're up. Yes. So wait, which guy did you, did you knock down Captain Royd or Snook. did you knock down yeah, No, no, no. He knocked down this. He knocked down the guy that's in front of him. Captain Royd is uh, more so back by uh, Snook. No, that He's was one Snook of the, he, that I knocked down. Huh? I was aiming at Snook. Oh, you're aiming at Snook. Yeah, My apologies. I, I said thought, right away I was going for the guy I was talking. I thought, okay, maybe I I did not hear that properly. My apologies. Actually, we'll need to see if he, uh, that would have been a different uh, dex check. Actually, what was your dex check? 
13, I think it was. Okay, he would have missed still. All right, so Snook. No, no, he's still up. Or, I mean, he's still alive. He's just, uh, yeah, he, he took some damage. Okay. Part of me kind of wants to attack him just because I figure if we knock out the leader, then these other guys will go away. Um, yeah, we'll try that for now. I'm going to Firebolt Snook, and that would be a 21. Uh, 21 hits him. Yeah, especially since he's prone. Uh, a whopping four damage. Four. I need higher damaging spells, darn it. You do. Are you just going to stay there? Are you going to... Yeah. Yeah, I'm good oh. here. <laughs> okay. That's fine then. Aoife... What are you doing? So Aoife didn't say anything because she is not taking this seriously at all because this little goblin looks like a joke to her. <laughs> um, but seeing that Lemmy is has got two baddies next to him and uh, she doesn't want anything bad to happen to Lemmy. So um, I am going to attack the one in front, like in between uh, Snook and Lemmy, that one. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So right to my right, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna hit him with my uh, mace. You do it to it. That's 14. Oh yeah, you hit him. Seven bludgeoning damage. All right, you crack him across the arm, and you know it seems that maybe you might have broken his arm a bit, but luckily it was not the one holding his weapon. He seems really in pain, but he's still up. Um, I also have a movement, right? You do have a movement. I'm actually going to position myself in between Lemmy and uh, the guy I just attacked. So moving up just a little bit of five feet? Yeah, like in between Lemmy and as close as I can with like a big mom arm right in front of Lemmy. (laughs) Just trying to sneak in there. Just going to shove Lemmy out of the way like he did last time. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lemmy, it is your turn. I point to the one that dared to strike me. (laughs) And say, true strike. The bandits and thugs are still going to try and come at you. Their boss is not exactly happy with the outcome (laughs) that has uh, befallen his men. But Lemmy, you're going to get another attack on you. Seven does not hit. (laughs) Nope. We have the one that Aoife is trying to keep from hitting you, attacking attacking her, which does not hit. (laughs) (laughs) Not terribly impressed with Snooky and the bandits right now. No, <laughs> this one's going to run up to Pock since it, he saw that uh, he took down his his leader, knocked him to the ground. 17? 17 hits. Yay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> For five damage as he slices into you. That is actually going to take four of my actual hit points away. All right, then. So this guy is going to be also swinging at you. 14, I assume, does not hit. Does not hit. Okay. And this one is going to run over because this is uh, Mr. McRoydy. Mr. McRoydy is going to run over, and he's he's definitely going to try and uh, take Aoife down. Does a 21 hit you? (laughs) Ooh, yeah. For eight points. That plus five strength hurts. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) And that was only on a three. (laughs) So Snook is not exactly real happy with his men, you know, not, I mean, failing clearly to kill you guys right off. And he's like yelling at the men in front of him, like, get up, get up. So a round is six seconds. Yes, it is. So they're asleep for a minute. So 10 rounds, I guess. Yeah, they're asleep for uh, 10 rounds. Unless they are, uh, unless they are disturbed. Yeah, but he's not exactly sure, like, what's wrong with them. I mean, they just suddenly just fell over. So, Pock, what are you doing? I'm going to take another shot and try to finish off Snooky. That's a 14 plus... 
Oh, Jesus, plus eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you hit him. <laughs> okay. You hit him. It's a five, and then I'm going to roll my other die, my extra die. Okay. 11 points of damage. He's he's kind of, he's bleeding. He now has two arrows that have been put into him. Four more, uh, 15 points of damage. I'm sorry. So four more damage? Yeah, because I forgot to add in my dex bonus. That's fine. So yeah, he's he's not looking like 100% from where he was. Uh, he, he initially ripped out that first arrow as he was yelling at them to get up, and then another arrow hit him. But this one did uh, did not knock him down. Oy. I believe it'd be Theranor's turn. I believe you'd be correct. Um, well, Captain Roy is probably going to be an issue. Um, let's see if I can do something somewhat beneficial. Uh, I'm going to use uh, one of my metamagic abilities called Twin Spell, <laughs> and that lets you basically pay a sorcery point for a, a cantrip to split it, or to use it against two targets. So I'm going to hit Captain Royd, and then probably the guy right next to him on Pock, uh, just okay. to kind of mix it up. So roll my attack, uh, 25 to hit. For Captain Royd? Uh, for both of them, it's it's the oh, same attack, oh, technically. Yeah. Just the spell splits and goes at both of them. Oh, yeah, no, 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 you you hit them. They're, they're, they're lowly bandits. They both take eight damage. Yeah, they're not looking good. <laughs> Captain Royd uh, or the uh, the one that is also on Pock. All right, and that goes down to Aoife. Uh, I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on uh, the Royd Rager dude. Do it to it. You have to succeed on a dexterity saving throw. It's <laughs> gonna be fun. I don't. I don't even think he'll. Twelve. Uh, oh. Nope. How much does he take? Uh, what do I do? What is it? One d eight. Yes. Okay. I'm on the wrong thing. <laughs> no, it's just one d eight. Uh, so five radiant damage. Oh yeah, in a blinding, you know, sear of light, he just like f- he like shrieks and then falls over dead. And then his body, like, slowly returns to a normal form. And he be dead. Back to, uh, Lemmy. I am going to adopt a classic fencer stance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, try and ventilate this guy with my rapier. Okie dokie. Speed holes. Well, I, I do have advantage on this, so my first roll was not very good. My second attempt was also not very good, so <laughs> 13 is the best I can do. And you hit. Okay, so since I hit and it was a roll where I had advantage, this is a sneak attack. Right in front of him. As you look and you say, look, a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> Behind uh, you. Yeah. yeah, you can deal uh, extra 1d6 to one creature you hit with an attack if you had to have advantage on the attack roll. Okay. That's so, fine. although I have 2d6 on my sneak attack now, so it'll be 1d8 plus 3 plus 2d6. Ooh. Criminy. So, this is where rogues be... get fun. So 10, ten plus oh he did so sixteen <laughs> he he did he very I much carve spizwack into his chest nice. with the tip of my rapier. <laughs> All right, two guys dead and they're watching their friends fall apart. The guy is going to uh, take a swing at Efa. Fourteen? Nope, not high enough. This one's going to again roll for. Pock because he just won't stop shooting his boss. 21. That hits, surprisingly enough. <laughs> For five damage. And this guy's also gonna roll on Pock. Nat one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you have a chart for that too? From 19 on the critical fumble charts. <laughs> um, he swings and he misses and he falls face first into the ground. He, he took uh, two points of pride damage. <laughs> <laughs> and you have you have Snook like just like burying his hands into into his face and he's just like and it, uh, it'll go to uh, to Pac. You have one guy beside you and a guy face first into the ground. I'm again going for Snooky. Okay, <laughs> all right. You did it all for the Snooky. <laughs> did it all for the Snooky. <laughs> uh, Sixteen plus eight, so twenty-four. Yes, yes, you hit him. <laughs> uh, that's eight damage on my die plus four. That's twelve. Plus my 1d6 is a 3, so 15 points of damage. Criminy. Yeah, uh, he is, he's not looking good. Definitely Jesus. not looking good now. He's a, he's a bandit king. He's strong. He's, he is the great Snook, the Reaper. By the way, these dice that I want are awesome. <laughs> they roll really well. <laughs> well, good. All right. Snook's uh, clothes look like they'll fit me. <laughs> so They're don't put too many blood. holes in them, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> aiming in the arms and the, the head. And Hopefully one of you took mending. <laughs> Theranor, all you, buddy. Uh, he'll just conversationally say as he readies a spell, you know, Snook, you could always surrender and give us your money um, and then throw a firebolt at him. Snook never surrenders. I can't roll on my desk. Um, 18? Yeah. Uh, five damage. Yeah, um, now, the firebolt, is it actual fire, or is it... It, it is, so it's... Uh, I shall read you the descriptor. Um, you hurl a moat of fire at a creature object within range. Range spell attack, blah, 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 blah. Uh, fire damage. A flammable object hit by the spell ignites if it isn't being worn or carried. So I don't actually get to burn the clothes that Lemmy wants, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but anything that it, it hits it says, in the it area... Says, it says burn. a flammable object catches fire? A, yeah, a flammable object hit by the spell ignites if it isn't being worn or carried. Okay, got you. All three of my arrows? <laughs> they're, they're technically being, being carried in his they're carcass. They're technically being carried in his body. <laughs> you light his unlit cigarillo that's in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he may he's... die, but he'll die in flavor country. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> oh my god. He's looking he's looking pretty bad. Okay. Uh Aoife, you are the last of this round. That is true. Um, I'm gonna take another whack at the guy in front of me uh, with my mace. Eleven. Ah, uh, eleven does not hit. Boo. What? <laughs> Boo. This thing was working earlier. I don't know. <laughs> Have you tried turning it on and off? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might. Well, no. I, I know I was gonna move out of the way, but then I realized that'd be a stupid idea. So back up to the top, you have Snook yelling at his men to once again, like get up and fight for him, fight for his honor. And he's kind of like breathing heavy as some blood is coming out of his mouth. This one is going to swing at Aoife one more time. Hang on, you skipped me. Oh, did I? I did, didn't I? So he may not get to swing at Aoife one more time because... <laughs> What are you gonna do? I'm gonna spin around and try and put my rapier in his back. You're gonna spin right round, baby, right round? Yeah, like a record. Uh, that's a 13. You you indeed hit. That's seven damage. Oh yeah, you run it right through his ribs and he uh, he falls over. He be dead. I nod at Aoife for covering my, my flank. Thanks, man. So all three around Lemmy and Aoife are dead, correct? Yes. Gotcha. 
The only two that are uh, still up in fighting are the ones at uh, by Puck. The two that are still uh, that are still asleep, and the then, two around uh, Puck aren't fighting very well. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not doing pretty well. They're not doing very well at all. All right, but now they can prove their worth. <laughs> they can they? You know what? They can. They can try, Thomas. <laughs> See, they tried. <laughs> and then the other one is gonna try. They can try, Thomas. <laughs> that was, how do I roll two nines? Good God. So in a last ditch effort, Snook is actually going to like draw his sword and charge over to Pac, who's been like just pelting him with arrows. He says like, if you're not going to do it, I will. And he will, he will take a swing at nine, 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 nine. Pac. <laughs> Please if it's a nine, saying no if it's a time. nine, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> oh, it's no. a nineteen. <laughs> so that's a little better. Five. <laughs> All right. And now it's a. Uh, it is. It is indeed Puck's turn as he is surrounded by the remaining uh, awake members. I'm going to shoot it, Snooky again. Can you shoot at close range? I should be able to. Um, do you have like a feat? So I might have. What would I have to do? Move back, which will incur opportunity attacks. What's well, the the five foot step? Yeah. Oh what? no, that's that's Pathfinder. Pathfinder. I don't know yeah. what it is in D anD. d So this is this is what I'll do. Just to save time. I'll give you disadvantage to firing into melee like this close. Okay, that works. Uh, I have a seventeen on that one. A sixteen on that one. So sixteen plus eight. And yeah, that's I, I looked it up. That's I, exactly right. It's it's disadvantage when they're within okay. five feet. Okay, okay, that's cool. cool. That's what that's what I figured it was. All right, uh, yeah, you hit uh, seven points of damage plus four. That's Jesus, my math is horrible. Eleven plus my one d six, which is a four, so fifteen points of damage. Okay, so as you you know draw back the string, Snook looks you in the eye and just goes crap and just. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you put one right between his eyes. Do you wanna? Do you wanna like say anything? Do you wanna? <laughs> well, I didn't manage to get you down first, but I knew you'd be amongst the dead. All right. His men are terrified of the fact that their boss has now just been killed. Arrow to the brain. Theranor, your turn. <laughs> There's not too many options left, so I guess I'll just. Yeah, I can't hit the one through Pock. So the guy on the side. Um, yeah, that that fellow. Let's uh, let's. F- you know what? Let's be exciting. I'm going to move up and poke him with a dagger. Do it, do it. Because <laughs> firebolt does not do enough damage. Um, eighteen. Yeah, you hit. And that is six damage. He's looking a little worse for wear. Eva, what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna go for that. You're surrounded by dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna jump over the one dead body to get to the uh, bandit that. Theranor just attacked. I'm gonna hop on over there and uh, hit him with my mace. 13. You hit. Oh, nice. Uh, that would be eight bludgeoning. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Pathetic. All right. All right, so he falls dead. And Lemmy, at the beginning of your turn, you only have one person awake to still attack. Um, I'm actually going to scuttle over to the two that are asleep and tie their legs together. <laughs> oh, huh. Enough slack where they won't notice, but if they take off running either away from us or to attack. Right. Yeah, it's going to be problematic for them. Okay. 
Well, you uh, you tie their legs together. Going to take their shoes off and put a bunch of Christmas ornaments in front of their feet. <laughs> uh, and then we'll put some tar on the stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is now this guy's turn because he's the only one left up. Still going to try and go for Pog because he now just, again, been attacking and, let alone, killed his boss. 18. That hits. <laughs> he's so proud. <laughs> I finally did something as he gets shivved from four different directions. Eight. Pog's taking a good amount of damage. Yeah. Yes. I think he has the highest hit point count of all of us, though. <laughs> as, the, as the band is, like, screaming, I'm sorry, boss, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not who you should be apologizing to, buddy. Okay, uh, Pock, your turn, man. I'm going to go ahead and take disadvantage again. Okay, do it to it. I mean, with a plus eight to, to attack, it's kind of worth it. True. Uh, 17 and a 12. So 12 plus eight, 820. You, you hit with either. Uh, five plus four, that's nine, plus ten. Ten points of damage. And I can't remember, had you shot this guy before? Or had he been damaged yet? I don't think he has. If he so. had, it was by somebody else. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't believe so, no. Now goes to uh, Theranor. I'll just kind of step around Pock and stick with the pokey. Pokey, pokey. Uh, that is another 18. Yep, hit. Uh, five damage. He's not looking uh, He's not looking too hot. He might, he might last a little while longer. Aoife. Ooh, my turn. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't I haven't got my Sacred Flame in a while, so I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on him. Okay, and that's a that's a dexterity saving, yeah. Nine, I assume it's a fail. Oh, my spell save, yeah, is, yeah, it is. Okay, so what does he take? He takes one d eight radiant, six six radiant damage. <laughs> All right, he falls over dead. <laughs> that was too easy. Well, it wasn't that easy, but it was easy. I mean, these guys were pretty pathetic. I mean, I'm down to 12 hit points. I hurt a lot. <laughs> oh, goodness. Are we out of initiative? Oh, yeah. You're you're out of initiative because the other ones are incapacitated. Okay, I look at Pock and I'm like, let me, let me pull up a, a nice little cure wounds for you. How does that sound? Sounds amazing. I'm going to start looting Snooky. My goddess bless you with how many hit points? How much? Sorry, let me let me add let me add some stuff up. She okay. don't like math. Every time I cast a spell or healing, I can restore hit points equal to five times my level. So you have four hit points plus um, my cleric levels three, so fifteen more to that, but eighteen total. Isn't that nineteen? Or sorry, nineteen. 19. I can I can count. I swear I can count. <laughs> she can't count. Nineteen. And did you add in your? Your modifier as well? That's with every modifier okay. added in, but up to no more than half of your hit point max. No, that's that's only for that ability. Your wounds right, so I'm up, I'm up I to know. When I cast a healing spell, I can add hit points equal five times to my cleric level. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Ugh, where is that one? That's a separate ability. That is a separate ability. Sorry. So just do your cure wounds. I will, but then you get uh, my disciple of life. Sorry, I've read the wrong... Uh, ability modifier thingy. Creature regains additional hit points equal to two plus the spell's level. So it was a first level spell. So three um, and when I say four so it would be seven. Seven total. I'm sorry. Seven total. That's a bit, yeah, a bit different. <laughs> yeah, a, a bit different. Sorry, that was my channel divinity I was reading, um, which I can do once every uh, long rest. Okay. That's that's like a, in case someone really needs a lot of hit points. 
The problem is she rolled a one on her D8. We are good. We have a bandit group dead. Two are asleep as Theranor is scrounging through Snook's <laughs> clothes and looking to see what he had. He does pull out a piece of parchment that had encased uh, a, a bit of gold, but it also s- simply says, job well done, Cult of Ossibus. Hmm. With like a PS that says, keep the road clear. No one is to make it to the chapel. Thank you for weathering the storm with us. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CritStormCast. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and please recommend us to your friends. Look to the horizon for more Crit Storms. <laughs> <laughs>